The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You've been hearing this week on 630 Chad and on Global News and in the newspapers that an Edmonton man has filed an $11 million lawsuit against the province for alleged sexual abuse while in foster care. Steve Morin was placed in foster care when he was five years old. Now, 22 years later, he has filed a statement of claim alleging his foster mother's boyfriend sexually assaulted him and other children. Steve Morin joins me in studio today. Steve, it's nice to see you again. Nice to see you too, Jillian. It's, uh, it's, um, must, has it been a tough week for you? It's been a tough life. (laughs) (laughs) This is nothing. This is nothing? This is, uh, uh, in general, amounting to the, um, the rest of, of, you know, my span of my youthhood growing up ever since I was five years plus, Uh I, I really, um, this is nothing in comparison to that, but it is. It is new trauma that uh, is re-triggering, but um, that's something I have to accept and f- uh, to know that I will face on a daily basis, no matter what. There's, it's called PTSD, mm-hmm. and uh, in my case, childhood PTSD. You know, you, you just can't ignore this. You can't run away from it. It's like a shadow. Stephen, um, is there help for for you? Is there? Is there, there- there's, there's enormous amounts of help out there. Good. Yes, but in regards to help that would be ethical and to a, a person's uh, of of my sort, yeah, and I'm talking on an, an indigenous perspective. Um, there's 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 so much more surrounding this. Mm-hmm. It's not just you know abuse. It's yeah. not just child abuse. It's not just group homes, foster homes. It's not just child welfare. This is deeper than that. Steve, you know, you were in uh, a couple of months back and we were talking actually about a a fundraiser and uh, some work you were doing with um, your organization, um, uh, the Children's Mentoring Society, the Indigenous Children's Mentoring Society. Correct. And um, we had talked, we touched a little bit on on your past and about the trauma that um, that you have gone through, and um, in the context of this interview, I want to just kind of go back there again a bit, if you're okay with that. Totally. Um, five years old, um, it was decided. Um, your 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 mom, the system, whatever, decided that it was would be best for you to go into foster care. Yes, in the government's care. Yes, into the government's care. Um, what happened? You you were placed into a home, and um, your foster mother's boyfriend. Yes, three three months prior to being uh, placed into that foster home, um, with the foster mother and her common law, um, John Edward Beaver, um, we were. Uh, this guy, this man, which is who was deceased since 2015, um, he he did uh, he was charged with uh, with uh, uh, multiple counts of uh, uh, child sexual abuse and um, um, also child pornography charges um, from an underage minor uh, from Slave Lake, Alberta, and this uh, minor had reported him. Uh, which ended up giving uh, uh, laid charges on him uh, three months prior to becoming a um, um, a, a ward or a um, child uh, uh, under the foster parent of the foster mother that I had um, in the, my first home I was placed into. So three months prior to you getting placed in this home, this 
man had been had been charged. Yes, yes, by the RCMP in Slave Lake. Now, uh, uh, fast forward now, about a year and a half, nearly two years into living in that foster home, I was, um, and and the sexual abuse, the mental abuse, the physical abuse, and the neglect. It all began um, not like just not even a month into that uh, in that home it with under their their um, you know guardianship, um, and so about a year and a half, nearly two years. Fast forward, this man was charged and then convicted. Fast forwarding to mm-hmm. a year and a half, he was he was uh, convicted on those charges, and. Served uh, six months in jail, and, and uh, I find it very. Your foster mother at the time told you that he was just going away to work yes, for a while. Yes, yeah, that, and I remember that so clear because not only my foster mother, uh, foster mother's uh, common law was uh, sexually and physically abusing uh, myself and others uh, in that home. Um, he was, uh, she was also very responsible for her own uh, sort of abuse of, of physicalness mm. and mental abuse, and so. Um, but but that's it for now. I that hasn't been proven in court nothing has mm-hmm. um but that is my honest truth and other children that came from that home as well their honest truth and um this is it's just something that we can't really focus on right now unfortunately but she is just as guilty as this man is because she was accountable for us uh nevertheless is she named in the suit no she is not and her name because of the uh, protection act uh cannot be named mm-hmm. along with the other foster siblings that okay. were in that home as well. Um, are there other foster kids named in this suit, or just you? Just myself. Just you. And the other ones, I I, I have already debriefed them, but uh, if, and asked if they would like to go along with me in a class action basis instead of an individual. Um, and they've they're at peace and they're they're fine with where they're at, and I respect that one hundred percent. And that's everyone's choice, and that that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. I'm happy for them. But in order to move forward for the the rest of the children across Canada. Um, I'm doing this for that. Uh, Steve, you you said that the abuse started um, uh, within months of being yes, was, yes into that home. And if I remember correctly, you had told me that at, at one point he he threatened that if you told anybody that he would come mm, back and yes. find you. Yes, that was the last night after the 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 near six, six years of me in, under in the, that home. Six years you were in that nearly home. six years. Yes, age five. I was just fresh. It was spring when I when my I was uh, apprehended. Um, I, I was only five. I just turned five uh, months ago, and and um, so I was I, I was a fresh uh, five year old when I went into the system and uh, uh, you, you could say I was a Ken doll fresh Ken doll <laughs> as I stated but um, no they, it started months uh, uh, not even a, a month actually into that home it started and uh, he was convicted on those charges he served six year, uh, six months and after those six months were up it shows in uh, court document records that this man was allowed back out of the syst- out of serving his sentence, in back into this foster home, resuming uh, in his statements uh, for the hearings leading up to his incarceration, he was 
uh, he argued uh, in court well, along with his lawyer that um, this that that CFS um, himself and uh, my foster parent um, my foster mother uh, had uh, had um, we're doing a uh, we're all part of this uh, thing there uh, CFS was doing at the time which was called a joint foster parenting um, um, arrangement or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, so they worked uh, together to to go through the processes to become this these these joint foster parents and so that's the argument John the deceased has made when he uh, uh, leading up to his uh, uh, con- conviction so the lawsuit says that children's services should never have allowed um uh, Beaver's return saying that Alberta Child Welfare was aware or ought to have been aware of the criminal charges of December 10th, 1997 laid against John on uh, on John Beaver. So that he went away, served that, should not have been allowed to come back. There's, yes, and there's, that's, there's and, 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 you know, everything we just talked about prior, it's, it's just, there's already been levels upon levels upon levels where they've had the opportunity to capitalize on the mistakes they've made um, one after another but yet they persisted to not do so. Steve, you were 12 when you left that home, right? I was nine. You were nine when you yes. left there. Yes, and the day before I left, that was, uh, sorry, commenting back on the, what you recently just said about, quote, if I ever find you, I will find you. If I, if you, quote, if you ever tell anyone about the things I've done to you, I will find you and I will bleep and kill you, end quote. So this was what he told me the night before I was removed from that home. When I was removed from that home, it was very, I still find it very suspicious, very, um, very, it's just very suspicious. I can't find another Mm -hmm. word to put it, but how it happened was that I I just got fed up. I got fed up after he got back from jail um, and... uh, quote work um, <laughs> as my foster mother would put it um, this this man um, came back into this home and the severity of the sexual and and physical mental abuse uh, he he has done onto us uh, ex- uh, accelerated uh, very much so and and uh, like nothing I've ever experienced before and at that point I got a I got a hunch on my back I got a strength and I built some backbone and I just said enough is enough I know this is bad now at first I didn't know what it was mm-hmm. then I became completely aware in those six months of his departure uh, upon arrival I I was very adamant of of not being around this man anymore I was I knew that it was wrong and I understood it now and I uh, when, at age nine I took a knife to a fo- my foster uh, 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 parents um, uh, she had a babysitter and come over and she ended up uh, they came back to find out that I had taken a, a knife and uh, I, I chased my babysitter around the, the area the complexes and I did that to gain attention because uh, I knew it would gain attention I have thought of these scenarios and how to go about different ways to get attention for many years but nothing ever worked so this did to get out to get out because there's I, I i i had no one i could tell i had no fa- i literally had no one i literally had no one so you got so, you got out 
And you didn't tell anybody for a couple of years later. Because, it, and even before, like before that, yeah. I, I really didn't tell much people. I tried telling two people at the beginning, two doctors and nothing, a doctor and a teacher, nothing was done. I just got more abuse after that when I tried coming out about it. And after that, I just knew that I have no one. My family is not there. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally lost and I need to not trust anyone so I, I I couldn't tell anyone I was too afraid I didn't want to experience any more abuse so I just yeah so 2004 you were 12 years old right yeah. and you were living in that group home when you told somebody about the abuse three years later mm. police filed 13 mm-hmm. sex assault related charges three against, years later three years later yeah. against Beaver um, alleging he had victimized multiple children over eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a warrant was issued for his arrest. Um, six years after the charges were filed, the lawsuit states that Beaver was taken into custody and he died before he could stand trial. Yes, yes, that is all true. Um, just under or, or possibly, um, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, or just over, uh, nearly a thousand days after first telling people about the, this, coming out about it again for the last time, at age 12 in 2004, I told my group home worker, and they did their due diligence, and so did the worker at the time. Um, children uh, from the home that were still in that foster home that uh, I left at age 9, three years later, uh, were brought to Zebra along with myself, the foster p- mother, and we were all uh, uh, gave them statements. And after that, it, there was nothing d- done after that. It was like, oh, okay, thanks for your story. Have a good life. Go back to the group home now. And uh, there was no therapy. That I, I was never assisted with therapy or psychological help in, in, in terms of my trauma. What did, what did this trauma do to you? It, um, it, pushed my, it pushed my whole soul off the edge of a of a of a cliff and down below is a a thousand foot canyon with rapid waters and knowingly it put they pushed me off that cliff and i caught it with my hand but i'm still dragging my i'm pulling myself back up over that cliff you can't do that to me um so this 11 million dollar lawsuit has has now been filed and in your hopes of you know waking up the system and and changing the system and and waving a flag for every other kid who has gone through this let's talk a little bit more about that Mm, when when we return hold on Steve Moran joining me in studio this afternoon. He is suing the province for uh, $11 million um, for alleged sexual abuse while in foster care. And on the text line, someone just said, seriously, $11 million? Um, and I'm just, you know, I think a lot of people are like, where does that number come from and what does that do? Okay. I understand, um, you know, what's money going to do? You're, and v- listeners, you're, you're completely right money's not going to do anything for my healing. It's not going to do anything for anyone's healing. But at the same time, I do need healing. And sometimes certain healings, you got to pay for that. And there's a lot of healing that I should have been able to be a part of while I was still a youth, one after coming forth at age 12, they should have put me in therapy or a psychologist or, you know, something instead of just dosing me with medication, costing the taxpayer to pay even more 
because that's all your money right there going into pharmaceuticals that end up paying people like myself, uh, uh, giving them medications like that. Stephen, so, in, in the end, what do you hope? Um, and, and we're not, you know, painting the entire foster um, uh, foster um, the, 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 the service the foster care service mm-hmm. um, with a whole big uh, white brush because we do know that there's there are good foster parents mm-hmm. out there and there's a lot of kids that uh, go through the system and come out just fine on the other side but what do you hope gets changed uh, with this lawsuit and with the attention um, that um, speaking out about it gives what I hope that setting the bar at 11 million, Omar Cotter, I don't know if I could say that name on media, but I just did. Yeah, you can. Okay. Well, this this gentleman was 15 years old when he when he was uh, brought to or some I don't know the story uh, completely, but he ended up in Guantanamo Bay Prison right. at age 15. Yes, he was Canadian. Yes, he was 15. Yes, he went to Omo, uh, Guantanamo Bay. Now, in comparison, and he won a 10 million dollar lawsuit against the federal government. So, with, in regards to myself, in comparison to Omar Carter's case. 11 million is nowhere it's it is what it is and i'm hoping that setting the bar at 11 will will be able to say if this man can do it well then how come an indigenous person from this land that was five years old that was 100 percent permanent guardianship order award of the government and no one else's and they put me in harm's way and didn't do anything about it afterwards. So what changes do you want to be made to the system? What I would like to... You know what? I don't think changes should be made anymore because the more things like this happen, these atrocities that that have been going on for many years that, you know, are lucky to have enough uh, factual evidence to substantiate, to to support your claims in court, unless it gets to that point, it's never, anything of your stories are never going to matter. So you think the system is fine now? No, the system is not fine. The system is, is... the whole problem itself just the word itself it's a part of it's a how i see it is a one-way path and that is that it is the arm of the colonial state there's no other way around it and when it comes to indigenous peoples and communities yes how artificial is it for an indigenous person to end up a child to end up in uh uh uh, care like the the system itself right now and you know with with like it just doesn't make any sense steve Moore, steve Moore, enjoying joining me and steve we've we've talked about this before about generational intergenerational trauma Uh, yes. yes and how can that be addressed well how you first have to start addressing it is begin to educate yourself before you start conversing in dialogue with others because i see so many times a lot of people are conversing with you know not really factual points uh, and and therefore it becomes a whole that the, the discussions that go on are irrelevant they're they're mute at the end because uh, you're not getting anywhere because you're not bringing up the realities the real issues and in this case I'm going to have to resort right to the seed of the death and and dive deeply into the depths of the root of the problem, which is beginning from subjugation to uh, lands that had invisible lines that 
you could not cross if you were from that reserve or put into that reserve. And you had an Indian agent that said, if you want to go off the reserve for even just a second, you got to come to me and get permission. And I get to tell you yes or no or how long you get to go for and when you got to be back. And, if, and then there's the residential schools yes. causing the taking the Indian out of the Indian huh. or in other words taking the child out of the Indian so there's uh, this is a long process mm-hmm. as we've seen and it's going yes. to continue it's going to take a, a very long time one of the other things and we're pretty much out of time here yeah. unfortunately Stephen but is um, you're wanting to see more support for um, male survivors of sexual assault I do I do it's crucial it's very crucial doesn't get enough talk doesn't get enough acknowledgement what, what's what's next for you? What what do you hope? Are you, what are you looking I'm, ten years down the road? What, hope, what do you hope for Steve Moore? Oh, at that point, I hope I'll be Grand Chief of Canada. <laughs> yeah, helping all my First Nations people. I, I just I, this is so important. It's not just an Indigenous issue. It's it's not it's not even that. It's one hundred percent all of ours, all Canadian citizens, non-Indigenous and Indigenous alike. We this this affects us all. Steve Moran, thank you for joining me in studio. Thanks for sharing your story. Uh, again, um, none of the allegations have been proven in court, as yes, you said. Yes, September 10th, September is, 10th. The, is the day at 10 a.m. at the courthouse downtown Edmonton. We'll, bef- we'll be following it. Thank you for sharing awesome. your story. Thank you so much for having me.